What's up, everybody? Thank you guys so much for joining me for the first official episode of the Jason Juliet podcast. And before we get to my guest today, I just wanted to take the chance to take care of a few quick housekeeping items, the first of which is going to be that the podcast has launched. You guys can head over to jasonjuliet.org and check out all the details. You can find out how to subscribe to the podcast, how to support the podcast for free or with donations. You can check out where I'm going to be, who I'm going to be talking to, updates on guests. You can contact me, all that kind of good stuff. So please feel free to check that out. Kick the tires. Let me know what's wrong. Give me some feedback and let me know what you guys think. The second announcement for today comes with my apologies This was my very first podcast, so I have to take full responsibility for some technical difficulties that we had. For future podcasts, I have decided that I'm going to use a different audio recording program, which I think is going to give me the ability to avoid a lot of the technical issues that I had with Colleen this time. Again, I take full responsibility for all of these. Colleen was very patient and uh, stayed in super good spirits uh, in bearing with me to, to work through some of these. So for those of you who are audiophiles and to my musician friends, my sincere apologies. And to the rest of you, if you pick out some of these things, just know that I'm working hard to make sure they don't happen in the future. That being said, my guest today is Colleen Delaney Mutz. Colleen is the owner, operator, founder, manager, bartender, cook, chef, janitor, porter, events coordinator, catering coordinator, you name it, she does it, of Colleen's Cuisine in Homer City, Pennsylvania. She has been working at this business tirelessly and nonstop because she truly cares about the integrity and the quality of her product, and it shows. I think that's something we need much more of in the world. I wanted to talk to her. She was gracious enough to invite me into her restaurant after business hours. She gave me a tour. We talked about what she had planned for the future, where she came from in the past. We did it right in the middle of her dining room, and I am very excited to bring you guys this conversation. We also got to a little bit of reminiscing about some old days, as I mentioned in my introduction episode we are old college friends and it was just absolutely fantastic to catch up with her and see how good she's doing so without further delay i give you my first guest colleen delaney Mutz. okay and we're live again all right we're sitting here with Colleen. We're in your restaurant. We're in Colleen's Cuisines. It just started raining outside, even though it's sunny. Oh, wow. Look at that. But I want to know about the restaurant. So before we were talking about, uh, when we were off air, before we started recording, we were talking about how long ago you bought this and you know the story that led up to you actually getting into the restaurant owning business and working into it and everything else. So start me back there again. You said that you switched over when you were in college. I did, yes. I switched over from music education back to my roots, hospitality management, what I knew in the working environment. Now, was there was there something in music ed that you were just like, ah, I can't do this, I don't want to do this? or Well, there are a, a little bit of two worlds. Performance wasn't exactly my strong suit, so though I could play all the pieces that I needed to play, memorize the music I needed to memorize, performing in front of a group by myself was not a good place for me. It, it gave me major anxiety. I didn't right. like it. I, I just, 
I had a it lot of trouble with that too. Out. Yep, when I was younger, yeah. Yeah, it would freak me out. So I, I just and it ended up not enjoying it anymore. Okay. I, I, I like to do it for myself, but as far as performing was concerned, I didn't enjoy it. Okay. Um, at the same time, the funding was getting cut to arts departments and schools and yeah and that's just like a oh man that's like a never-ending battle like trying to trying to get finances for the arts you know it's always there for the sports and like you know you're reading writing arithmetic but right but when it comes down to something as important as music and creativity and teaching those kinds of things that that was kind of fell off at that point in time yeah and I knew it was going to be hard for me to get a job so okay. I just so kind that of, that inspired you to switch to like okay I've been working in hospitality I know hospitality let's go there and like there there's a clear path to like a good career etc. Absolutely I knew I would find work no matter what I okay. would have a job managing or even if I had to continue to sling spaghetti like I was <laughs> I, I knew I would have a job and I that. could support myself. Yeah. So that was kind of the route that I decided to take. But as I went through my courses I realized a niche that I found and I knew that I could do what it was that I wanted to do. I knew I could open my own place and sustain it and just kind of give it a go. So and, and you realized this in school. In school, I knew it. That was that was the route that I wanted to go. That was the end goal. So as soon as you came out of school and started working, like you had this in the back of your mind. You're like eventually Absolutely. I'm getting my own place, my own boss. I'm going to have my staff. I'm I'm going to go for this. Absolutely. That's awesome. So so Good I I picked a position where I would get the most experience in the place of the restaurant business that I had the least experience. Right. And I jumped into the kitchen. Uh, I mean, I could cook, and I always loved to, but as far as professionally and for the masses, that was not something I had a whole lot of experience with. Okay. But I did have a lot of contacts that did. Okay. So, my- so what was it like when you, not to cut you off, what was it like the first time, like, jumping back in the kitchen and being like, all right, I guess I'm going to start learning how to be a cook? I mean, that that's a new environment. I remember doing that in... Um, I I had started out working like washing dishes, you know, waiting tables up here in Pennsylvania. But when I first moved to Florida in 2004, I think my bass player, Chris, got me a job (laughs) cooking at Hooters because he was a cook at Hooters. And dude, walking into that kitchen line and just like it was it was a rude awakening, like going from waiting tables and being out front to like being in the back and just like working right. in the kitchen. I mean, that's that's a tough job. It's that is, a totally that is no different joke. atmosphere. It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing to laugh at. Like it's yeah. I mean, you think as a server that you have an idea of what goes on behind the line because you're None. back there picking up your food and you're None. listening to the banter and you have absolutely no clue what it's like to be on the other side. Nope. So in what you would think would be the scariest, you know, plunge to take was actually made a lot easier by the fact that my brother was the one that was working behind the line and said, oh, get out. Hey, just come hang out with me for a week. Let's work together. Just jump behind the line with me and I'll show you the ropes in and out. That's amazing. And Cause that's so, the way to do it. You gotta, you gotta have somebody to show you the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things. And absolutely. You. You, you need someone to teach you how to navigate that environment. Right. So my very first day he pulls a 50 pound box of chicken out of the cooler and he's like <laughs> we're gonna break this down and it was you know get your gloves on here we yeah, go yeah put your gloves here on grab your knife and I'm gonna show you how this is done which was great you know it was a good experience and and just kind of threw me right into it and as the week progressed you know we moved to different things and did different stuff and he threw me in on a Thursday night in the middle of the line and was like you're gonna expedite tonight 
And, and hey, there it but is. it's called sink or swim yep. for a reason. Yep. Trial by fire. Because you either just actually, yep, that's, yeah, that's the trial literally. by fire. Quite, quite literally. Quite no literally, yes, because you're getting burned on either side of you. <laughs> Each way you turn, the, it, everything is hot. <laughs> but so, it's crazy. So you obviously excelled in this environment because here we are. Now you have your own place. Yes. So how long did you do that before you said, I got to get my own place? Like, I got to start doing I got to get you know, out there and, and, you know, there's more to me here than just like working in the kitchen. I got this down. What's next? Like, yeah. So I spent about three years working for a local businesswoman that pretty much did exactly sort of what it is that I wanted to do. So I spent about three years working in her kitchen and doing catering for her before I decided to take the plunge and say, you know what, it, this is as good a time as any. And I got to just, so what was the trigger there? So you worked for her for three <clears throat> years and then like you just wake up one morning and you're like, all right, well, my husband was a big trigger for that. He okay. had been, you know, a big supporter of me following my dream and doing what I wanted to do. That's awesome. And it was a point in our lives where we don't have any kids yet. And it was like, okay, so if you're going to do this, now's probably the time. Right. No time like the you present. Know? Yeah, get yeah, it in while like, you can. Yeah, absolutely. So he was a huge motivator, <clears throat> excuse me, in making me want to and trust myself to actually take the plunge and do it. And, and that's super important, like support for, I mean, I can't speak, I've never started a lot of businesses on my own. This, this podcast thing's probably the first, but you know, it's important to have support from other people because there's so many unknowns and it's so easy to get overwhelmed and scared and bogged down with everything. And if you have someone that's, you know, shaking their head and being like, I don't know if you can do this, those are the people that don't do it. But, you know, if you have Absolutely. the person behind you, it's like, hey, you got this. Like, you're good at this. You've been do Those are the people that go on and they fight through it. They learn from their mistakes and, and yeah. they're successful. And, and we're, we're sitting here in your restaurant. So you're obviously one of those people that's yeah. got good support. I'm had, very fortunate. Yeah. Not only my husband, but my family, my parents, my brothers, everybody, my sister-in-law has been super supportive in even coming out and helping me. So, like, wow. there are weeks sometimes where my mom's here helping me waitressing, doing dishes, helping me clean the place. Like there are times where I have to call in everyone that I know to help me get through the day. That's a loving but family. Hey, that, I need some help hey, on the line. Show up in like 20 minutes. What it's all about. I mean, unfortunately they're five hours away, but you know, it, just, Hey, I got a wedding coming up in a month and I'm understaffed. Can you come help me? And someone in my family will jump in to help no that's, matter that's what. That's amazing though. I mean like spending that time with your family, you know what I mean? Like those are good memories. You, you know, it like is that's pretty cool. Those are, the, those are like the good times you never get back. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, you, you end up wishing you had more of at the end of the day. Absolutely. So it's gotta be fun. So, so we're sitting here. So how long has this particular location been open? Uh, almost two and a half years. Wow. So February of 2016, the end of February was my opening date and I'm still here. <laughs> yes, you are. You absolutely are. Because I remember, so if you remember Julie, obviously, like you're still friends with her. So I actually went and had lunch with her when I was in town. I want to say it was like last summer. It was in between one of the semesters in school. And I came back and had lunch with her. And we spent about 20 minutes talking about you and this restaurant. She was like <laughs> so excited for you. She's like, this girl's like hustling. She's doing everything like by herself. And like obviously with support. But right. this is your show. Yes. And, and we spent a lot of time talking about you and how we met. I, I got to tell that story real quick. So 
So anyway, so the how me and Colleen connected once we got back. So I'm actually home for the summer trying to launch this podcast, all that kind of stuff. And I go into a charity event for four-legged friends. And full disclosure, it was a wine tasting. So it's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to paint myself as a saint, okay? Like, there was a wine tasting. I'd had a couple glasses of wine. But nonetheless, we were at a charity event. It was all for a good cause. And I turn around, and the only person, like, there's all these tables set up of, like, wine and everything else. But the only table with food on it, there's this girl behind. And there's, like, these chafing dishes. And there's just this big line. And everybody's trying to get into the food. And I turn around. And our eyes met, and I turned back around. I was like, that was not Colleen. No <laughs> way. No way. I hadn't seen you in how many, like a decade? It's been at Maybe least. Maybe since college. It's been at least 10 years since we've seen each other. And I did the same thing. I kind of spotted you, and I was like, man, that guy looks an awful lot <laughs> like this kid I used like, to know in college. Yeah, like half my I face mean, he's is got covered, like a beard a- that's way longer than I've ever seen him with. Right. But yeah, I was like, I know him. I, I think I know him. Right. And then we kind of met eyes a couple more times and I was like, okay, yeah, Yeah, that's Colleen. That's Jason. Yeah. And, and that was awesome. We had such a good conversation. And when you started telling me about this business and how you got everything going, I was like, dude, you have to come on the podcast and tell this story. Like, this is just a great story. So tell me the story about how you acquired this building, because I remember that that was just I don't remember all the details, and you gave me a short one, but I was like, you, you, got, you got to talk about this on air. You have to tell the story. It's, it it's was amazing. crazy. Okay, so I was working for said business owner in the area uh, at the time, and this bar, this was an old just hole-in-the-wall bar for a long time, and it had been abandoned for about four years. Oh, okay. So every day I drive past this place on my way home from work and man, it's closed up and that's a shame. You know, this town used to be bustling and now there's nothing going on. Even yeah. the old dive bars are shutting down, yeah, you know, and that's not good. Yeah. There's just no people yeah, there, here anymore. There's, there's Everyone's not a whole out. lot going yeah. on. And Indiana, as you know, kind of takes over as far as, Everybody runs there for their groceries and whatever. So it's kind of tough to live in a small town like this. And you want to see businesses flourish. So a girlfriend, well, one of my really good friends and I, we used to frequent this bar on occasion. Okay. And we'll we, leave those stories for off air. Yes. But <laughs> uh, we, you know, we knew the owner. We knew how to get a hold of him. And this place had just been sitting here. I knew it had a fully functioning kitchen, just needed a space to rent. So what I did was we ended up calling him, asking him to rent the place. And we came in here and man, <laughs> it was trashed. It was totally trashed. I, I mean, he literally sold all the booze out and locked the door, like, and just left for just four years. Just left. Just left it. Oh, I mean, so there's you probably walked into just beer a- bottles and ashtrays and you know, like chicken wings, and <sighs> it was just, it was crazy. So uh, everything's coated in grease and smoke, and it was filthy. So, so it would be safe to say you had your work cut out for you when um, you opened uh, this. Yes. Door. <laughs> Yes, I was a little bit scared and going, oh, my God, what did I do? (laughs) Like, oh, my God. How am I going to do this? Okay, so we spent the next seven months working full-time jobs, getting out of work, coming here, meeting here at, like, 630 at night, cleaning till midnight. 
Going home, getting a couple hours sleep, going back to work, doing the same thing. For how long? For seven months. Wow. Yeah, we we just picked this place apart and scrubbed every corner, every piece of equipment, scraped it all down, shined it up, cleaned it up as the best that we could to just kind of get things back to where they should be, you right. know, painting and getting all that how, stuff how, done. This, this girl, this friend of yours that came and like did this, and I mean, is this uh, like a Mother Teresa type she, person yeah, or were you paying kind, her? She kind of like, is, no, crap. she was kind of Mother Teresa in the, in the fact that, you know, she really had no stake in it other than her l- loving me and wanting to help me and, and being a good friend and That's just, awesome. yeah, wanting to help me out. The support. And, yeah, so we... We had the place inspected in November of 2015 for health inspection. Okay, so you've already cleaned. You spent your seven months spent cleaning our it. Seven you and months your friend. cleaning. It's all nice. It's, it's all you know, clean. It looks it's good. ready to go. You so call we, the inspector. Inspector comes in, gives me a plus. You're ready to rock and roll. Here's your retail license. We spent a couple more months working out the kinks of the menu. And February 26th, I opened up the door and, and we were in business. And so what was that like opening the doors? I mean, like, like, tell me about like the scary. first day. Was it super scary? I had no idea what to expect. Uh, I had my husband here with me because I was a little nervous and didn't know, you know, what to expect. Or, right. Am I going to get a customer at all? Am I going to be overwhelmed and not know what to do? You know, just plus I think a little bit of you know, lean on him because he's, he's here, he's emotional comfortable, a little bit of emotional support. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, and we actually had 12 customers in our first day. Really? Yeah. It, I mean, some of them were just popping in for a cup of coffee to check the place out because they've been curious. They've seen me in and out. I mean, this is a small town. You saw it driving right. in. There's not a whole lot that goes on on Every this day, block. Every day someone's that, like rolling in, right, cleaning. Everybody's it's like, oh, getting like ready for something. Hitting it's, the brakes, looking to see what's going on inside <laughs> the door, you know. But um, yeah, so it was it was really cool. It was definitely scary. Um, but each day that I opened the door, I would get more customers than I had the day before. And more customers than I had the day before. And it was like, wow, this, this is, is crazy. Working. This is this actually... Is like this is actually working. <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to mention this. I, I didn't mention it off air because I, I wanted to wait until we were recording and broadcasting. But when you gave me the tour of this place, there were two things that came to mind. One of them was you could just tell that someone has put love into this place. You know what I mean? Like there's no like dirty corners and like stuff. I mean like someone went through this place with a fine tooth comb and maintains it. So like. You can tell that. And, and I think that that's something that can separate businesses very easily. Is like you walk into some place and you're like, hey, somebody who works here cares about this place. Because a yeah. lot of times you, you don't see that. You walk into a place and you're like, man, these employees must hate their job because <laughs> this place is just broke down. Like, damn. So, so that was the one thing I noticed. And the other thing, I'm walking through this kitchen and you do everything by yourself. And it looks, everything, the whole back end, the kitchen, the dry storage, everything you have set up here for catering, it looks like a regular restaurant. Like, this doesn't look like it's a one-man show and, like, a second person. Like, that looks like a line that, like, three guys should be working on. You have, like, another two or three people over here doing catering stuff. It's set up beautifully. It's perfect. 
it, and you're doing this all yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it's tight. I can tell you when I do have help here and there's a second person in that kitchen, you definitely have to have a little bit of like body lingo yep. going on, right? Like I'm reaching over audibles. here and you're, yeah, audibles. definitely calling Behind. audibles. Yeah, so. Um, on your it, left, hot. <laughs> right, corner, hot pan, don't corner. touch that. <laughs> yeah, all that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it can get a little bit crazy because it's a very tight space, as you saw it. Um, and that's why we have the back room. But on on every, any given day, for the most part, out of the, I don't know, you know, 10 hours that I'm open, I'm usually here by myself for about eight. Wow. So um, I do have a little bit of help that comes in and help me, and they are fantastic. The help that I do have, I would not be able to be functioning without them because when yeah. it comes to weddings and caterings and things like that, that is... Yeah, sometimes you just need more hands back there to get more food You just need cooked. more yeah. hands, or I'd be here till midnight every yep. night <laughs> trying to get it all done. Um, but the good thing is, is I am super organized. I've always been very organized and detailed. So I usually have, you saw the big dry erase board that's hanging yeah. in the back. Yeah. Right now there's a grocery list on it, but normally it has every catering coming up and every single specific job that needs to be done for each particular dish and who is to carry out that job. Right. So I'm, I'm very detailed when it comes to things like that, but that's because I have to be. Right. Okay, so February 26th, backtrack, we, we opened February 26th, so the of very- 2016, Of 2016, right? 2016, okay. so April of that same year, about a month and a couple of days later, I get a phone call from the landlord, and he tells me that the place is going up for tax sale. He hasn't paid the property taxes- Couple, since he closed down and drove away. And that seems like a cohesive story with the, yeah, the guy that just locked the uh, door uh, right. and left with like wings sitting out and beer bottles. Yeah, absolutely. And just drove away. So, I mean, not a big shocker that he didn't pay the property taxes. So all of the hard work that we just spent seven months doing, getting this place back to a decent shape is looking like, oh my gosh, what did we do? I mean, wow, if somebody comes in and buys it out from underneath us or the bank buys it back, Where'd now what do we do? What, what am I going to do? So I, I make a very hard phone call and I call my parents. And I say, for the first time in a couple of years, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that was a very hard thing to do because for... You know, almost a decade I'd been on my own. And you don't want to call your parents and say, I need help. You know, that's right. the last that's, phone call yeah. that you want to make as an legs, independent, like, you know, person. Like, look at me, I'm out here, I'm doing all this. And then, yeah, you crawl back your tail between your legs. I've, Absolutely. I've made, I had to make that phone call one time in Florida. It was either, I either wasn't going to eat or I was going to not pay a bill. And I was like, I was like, okay, I can't like mess up credit and all that other stuff. And I called my mom and I was like, can you send me like $200 so I could go to a grocery store and then buy food? Right. And it's, it's oh, a horrible feeling. Be, it's a horrible feeling because as a, as an independent adult, you want to maintain that. You're proud of that. You exactly. think that That's your, your parents identity. are proud of the fact that you have not had to call them exactly. for help. <laughs> right. So making that phone call was horrible. But my parents, as I said, were extremely supportive and said, you know what, you know, whatever you need, we're here to help you. Um, so we had a very serious conversation about what it was that 
we were willing, meaning my husband and I, to put into this place. Um, it was never really a huge long investment that we had pictured here. We kind of thought that this might be a stepping stone. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So when you originally when you originally came in here and started and signed up to rent it, how long were you planning on renting it for? Or was it just like, hey, let's see what happens? Uh, let's see what happens in the next five years. Okay. Is pretty much kind of, you know, what we expected to do. Five years, two to five years, see what happens and go from there. Well, when that all took place, it was like, okay, now you're kind of, you're, you're either locked in or you're taking 15 steps backwards right. and starting over. I wasn't exactly willing to do that. So, you know, we, we all sat down and had a conversation about what we were all willing to put into it and borrowed a little money from mom and dad. And we made an offer to the guy that we were running from to take over the mortgage and pay it the off. The guy that left the place. The, the guy former, that left, yeah. yeah. We were like, listen, we'll, we'll pay the penalty on the property taxes. We'll pay it off. We'll take over the mortgage in a rent-to-own kind of contract, and we'll see what happens. You know, we'll just go from there with it. And he basically told me, if I'm going to lose this place, I'm losing it all. Really? I was, I was completely flabbergasted yeah, is the like word just, for it. That's just a just, confusing way to answer that entire question. Totally like, insane. What, like, dude, you me? are going to lose it all. So Yeah, right. That's why it's up for tax sale because you're losing it all. Because like, you're what, losing it. Yeah, like, buddy, what are you it's going to sell to any Joe Schmo that wants to uh, buy it. At your loss. Right. Yeah. So we bought it at the tax sale. And Wow. In, in a fantastic turn of events, I was able to take the money that I borrowed from my mom and dad and return it all wow. to them. Wow. Are you serious? So you got such a good deal at the tax auction, you didn't even need to borrow any of the money. I didn't even place. need to borrow any wow. of the money from my mom and dad. My husband and I were able to take care of it on our own. So talk about like just a total. Just so serendipitous the way oh, that all worked out. It was so crazy, but it was the best phone call in the world to call my dad and say, we got it. We own the building. And by the way, tomorrow, all of your money is going to be deposited Jeez. back into your bank account. <laughs> wow. That's got that. That is as hard as it was to make that call to the parents originally. That had to feel so it good to be was like the best feeling BT in the world. dubs. Here's all your cash. <laughs> like, right. Just have it back. We got Absolute, it. Best wow, feeling. Congratulations. In the world. That's all. And what a, that guy just must have been a fool. I guess that's his loss. I mean, well, what are you yeah, do? Like, you know what? Sometimes pride will just kind of bury you yeah, and that's no that's what it turned out to be he was just too proud to walk away and or do what was right in the situation and so he just kind of bowed out hey his loss worked game. out for me absolutely so how long ago was that how long ago did now this place has been open for two and a half years now yeah how long have you owned the building i took over ownership that day so it was april 2016 did you of 2016 see? yeah wow yeah so you're two years you've owned this place yes so what's um what's your vision for this i mean you you had mentioned a couple of like little renovations and you got projects here and there like like yeah, where do you so see we want to kind of like years? reface the front of the building and give it its own identity it's been a, a you know a local bar for a long time it's looked the exact same since it was built it just needs a, a facelift. It needs a, just a little love. Uh, it, yeah, a it needs love. a little love. And it needs to kind of reflect the business that's on the inside now. So 
That's a very good point because it's beautiful in here. Like I, I wish um, I'll, I'll try and take a couple of pictures and post them online because like the woodwork in here, like the way you have oh, it cleaned up. I mean, it's just what, what did you say? The guy's son. So the the not the guy that I ended up buying the building off of, I guess, in okay. some sort of a sense, not my original landlord, but the, the previous owner who had owned this business for 40 okay. years, uh, he lived in a little brick house out back, which is still there. And his wife still lives there, but wow. he was a little old man that ran this business forever. It was called city cafe and he lived and breathed for this bar. It wow. was him and his son did all of the oak work that you see. His son was a custom cabinet builder. Um, his name was Sonny Winsick, and his son's name was Rick, and, and they did all of the oak work in here. Wow. So once it got a little TLC and cleaned up a little bit, we couldn't get rid of it. We yeah, had to, to figure just, out a way to repurpose. We put too much time in it. Absolutely, yeah. and they put so much time into it. It's beautiful. So... We just kind of repurposed everything and, and found a different way to utilize it. And I think it looks great. And well, maybe maybe you. that's maybe that's really sort of fate that it you know, you had one guy that owned it and took such good care of it and really poured that love into it and it kinda got, you know, left alone for a while, but now it's back in caring hands. And it was. And I was lucky enough to have the gentleman that used to own it he came over as we were cleaning and, and doing all the work over here and talked to me and, you know, really, it really just told, told us all the ins and outs of this building because it is an old building. It was built in the Prohibition era. So it's an old building. Yeah. And the, you know, I mean, just all the little quirks and ins and out of this place. He taught me so much about this building that I'm really fortunate that I had that time with him because he's since passed away. That's important. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So, it, oh. you know, I mean, it was nice and it was nice to spend that time here with him. And actually his family had his memorial dinner here. Which really? was really kind of cool because it was a one-on-one -on -one thing with just him and his family. And they got to say goodbye to him here, which wow. was where they spent most of their time. That's amazing. So, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it kind of comes full story. circle. That's awesome. And the family's really appreciative that the building is now with someone who takes such really good care Really cares of it. about it. And you could tell. You could tell instantly. That's awesome. <laughs> well, good for you. you. So do you ever talk to any of the old uh, drumline guys or <laughs> girls or... Uh, Absolutely, yes. So we briefly mentioned Julie. Um, yeah, that's right. But that's right. Julie and I have been friends since you we were. You guys always in, were friends. Yeah, well, you guys yeah, were always we close. We were sixth grade when we met. So, you know, I mean. And that we, was in we, Easton, right? That was in Easton. Did not. Yes. Uh, oh, it was Julie, you. There was a Dana, bunch of people from Easton. Dana, Zach, Zach Derek, Derek. All those guys are from Easton. Yes, yes. So the Easton crew still gets together quite frequently uh, whenever we can. Wow. Uh, whenever we're all in I town together. That. So usually Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, and then anytime one of us is traveling into town or. You know, that we just try and set up a date, get together and meet. That's awesome. Have a couple of drinks, it's, reminisce. Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't talked to so many of those guys in a while. I think the, oh man, the last time I really talked to somebody, I think I had a couple of beers with Brian Smith <laughs> down in Austin, Texas at a bar called Lavaca Street. And I want to say that was two or three years ago. I literally think that's the last time I really, besides like meeting up with Julie last, uh, last summer, um, 
but it's it, it's just crazy. I just I've sort of fallen out of touch with them, and I miss it too because like we were all so tight back in the day. Like we were like really good friends, and yeah. I don't even know what half of them are up to. Uh, yeah, so I do still keep in contact with Brian as well. Um, really? Yeah, we we chat here and there, and it's, sometimes it's for two minutes, and sometimes it's for an hour, but. He's you know, such a it, good dude, though. Oh, he is. such a good dude. And it's funny because when we get to this point in our lives, usually when we see these people, it's at a wedding. Right. So we're always waiting for the next person to get married yeah. so we can all see each <laughs> other again. So, um, yeah, Dana, you're on the spot. But <laughs> Oh, no. Called out. Is he, is he next? He's the I don't next know, one up. but he and Brian are the only ones left that I can really oh, yeah, think of. I guess of that's that. true. Well, and you, I guess. Oh, so. don't. Oh. <laughs> Don't wait on that one. <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath there. Um, yeah, when, when any of us are back in Easton, you know, sometimes uh, Brian may jump up to visit with us or we'll go down to Philly. I might stop on my way through. But, yeah, I mean, Derek's still there. De- uh, Dana's actually down in Dallas now, which is Yeah, I think crazy. I saw that the other day. And uh, what, what's he doing down there? He's teaching, um, okay. doing pr- private percussion instruction. Okay. And he's that also, makes sense. He was a monster, man. Oh, like, he was, man, he was very, he's awesome. He's yeah, so talented. Good, good. Uh, so he's, he's teaching, writing, um, teaching drum lines, and also he's doing some music for video games with really? another old friend, Dustin. Oh, that's right, dude. Dustin Lowe's used to write the best <laughs> digital music. Like, he was all about it. He sequenced stuff he all the time. So I'll tell you what, if talented. I could get him together with Dimitri, oh, my God. I can't even imagine what those two would come up with. Like, because that's kind of Dimitri's thing, too. Like, he is a wizard on Pro Tools but Dustin and Lodge. Is anything, anything. You, you talented. Put, yeah. And Dustin's the same way. I remember that. That's crazy. They're doing video game music. Yeah, it's pretty wow. cool. Yeah, man, I remember Dana. I want to say he was a sophomore in college when he like won the individual like recital competition, and everyone was like, "Whoa, where did this kid come from?" Like, uh, yeah. he was just like playing bass drum in the marching band a minute ago, and now he's up there for Mallet Marimba, like winning, uh, like uh, unbelievable as a sophomore. Like, yeah. Well, and that has to—that's a total testament to his dedication right. to what he yeah, does. Yeah. I mean, Dana is full force into everything that he and does. and a lot of those guys actually. You know, that whole drum line and the percussion thing and everything else, it taught me a lot of those same skills. I mean, all of those guys. I mean, like, yeah, that's one thing. But I mean, I could probably tell a story like that about Brian, about Zach, about Derek. I mean, like, all those guys were great. And it's just like you could see them like they did it all the time. They were always practicing. They were always learning. They were always watching it. They were always coming up with new ideas. And that's the dedication to your craft that you have to have to be amazing at your craft. And I was so fortunate to be around all these people. I didn't appreciate it at the time. You know, I was a kid. No, I was an yeah. idiot. But I was so fortunate to be around all these people that just by osmosis, I absorbed the behavior of immersing yourself in the craft that you're trying to do. Because you have to. Like, you can't. You're not going to get great at something like watching Netflix. No. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, you don't you know, end like, up Brian Smith, Center Crossman, or Center Snare of Crossman, and going many, into four, the Marine five, Corps. I don't even know how many years. In, at playing snare in the Marine Corps, I mean that is right. Hard. As part, of, I think he was a president's own. Band, I, I believe band like so. The, yeah. Yes, yes, and you don't Amazing. get that way just by, you know. Yeah. Uh, just you, you don't. You don't sit down talent. at night and watch Sports Center for six hours talent. and get that good. That yeah. is hardcore. Immerse into what you love to do, 
And those guys were so dedicated to what they do, and they still are. It's yeah. just in different aspects of their lives now, maybe. Dude, but you know what I really want to see? So so all the guys that we're talking about, for people that don't know, all these guys we're talking about, th this is pretty much the makeup of the Eagles drumline. Yes. I mean, they, these are these guys. Yes. Like, the, you know, if you ever turn on, tune hey. in and watch the <laughs> Eagles and you see all those, yeah. like, crazy drums, that's, like, Andy that's Moffitt, these guys. Brian Smith. Right, and, right. Uh, well, JJ, but um, Ryan. That's JJ's in there now? Yeah. and Ryan. Uh, well, JJ, his name is Ryan. I can't think of his last name. It's out oh, my head, I couldn't tell you. We knew him as JJ, but right. um, yeah, all those guys, uh, Steph, uh, Zach, well, Zach Larimer, and then his now wife, Steph, she plays cymbals in the Eagles drum line as well. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, it's Hell crazy. Yeah, bring they the are the down. makeup yeah. of it. And on the other end, the steel line, that was Dustin Lowe's, another good friend of ours that Right. started that out yeah wow. and and now chad heine has taken over a lot to do with that and writing really and see i saw that he just uh stepped away from his position teaching for a long did. time and yes. uh but i wasn't sure exactly what he was doing i'm with not new sure venture. what he's doing but in it the new sounded adventure. cool he had he he actually posted and I, it's ironic i never even uh i don't think i messaged him directly but like he posted a very long facebook post like a thank you and everything and i read the whole thing and I couldn't tell what he was doing, but it sounded he awesome. He left, he left it, very it a vague. little mysterious, but it's like <laughs> it, it sounded like something big was coming up. And I was just like, really, I was like, I wonder what he's going to do because he, there was like, they were like the seniors when I was coming in to the yes. percussion department. So like Mark Zorovchek, Chad Heine, like some of the, those were the guys that I just looked at and I was like, how do you do that with four sticks? Uh, I, I, I was just idolized like, that. I, I don't even. Like I was always like a good drummer, but like I was never like I could never. I was I was good at timpani. I was a hell of a timpani player. I could not do the marimba. I just couldn't. Well, do, you like, were pretty awesome at did. drum set too. Drum set was well. <laughs> again, the skill. I practiced it. I mean, right. that's where I spent all my time. Like these guys spent six hours a day on four mallet marimba. On four I was mallet over marimba. on like with Gary Chester books and everything. <laughs> these instruction books, like like reading through, you know, crazy, like four limb stuff with to metronomes and like. That, that's all I did for a long time. So, I mean, it, it picked up. But. Which, I mean, that's crazy in its own respect. You know, four mallet marimba is one thing, but four limbs going at different things at different... That's, I mean, that's a whole skill in and of itself. And don't in, cut yourself right, short on that, true. Jason. I mean, but, but I will say, honestly, in my opinion, I mean, I don't want to start anything, but, like, I think drum set's a little cooler than four mallet <laughs> marimba at times. I don't know. I mean, like, there's some cool there's some cool music out there for marimba. I don't want to take anything away from it. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably the most beautiful instrument there is i mean when you hear someone play like a really nice melodic piece on a marimba it's gorgeous I mean, chad was one of my favorite performers to watch i mean he was just amazing and his love for it yep. it showed through his performance and you know no matter what he ends up going on to do he's going to do amazing things oh yeah and that's no doubt for certain no doubt. but i i do know that he was writing some stuff for the steel line for a while there but nice. i mean that's a cool new thing that has come along in the last couple of years with drumline that kind of just took a turn and and it's yeah, it's a out of awesome nowhere thing. it was and just like the this Eagles idea drumline got to go to the super bowl right? i mean how cool like is sitting that? there at the super bowl with your drum chilling like right. what yeah, amazing so well listen so you've got this place here tell everybody where they can find you what your hours are all that kind of stuff your website if people want to come eat colleen's food what's uh 
Okay. Give me the details. uh, Yeah, we're located at 38 South Main Street in Homer City, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, The number is 724-801-1902. Our website is uh, www.colleenscuisinellc.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, so like us right. on Facebook, and you can follow all of our specials and all the different events that we do. We uh, do a lot with the distillery next door, so Disobedient right. Spirits. Disobedient Spirits. Yes, Disobedient Spirits. So uh, it's a great distillery right here on Main Street in Homer City. They do a wonderful job. They have an excellent space over there. Uh, we have a lot of fun. So first Friday of the month, there's live bands that come out. We do a little more live music during the summertime but yeah you can come check us out and uh we have we have a lot of fun out here awesome well colleen listen thank you so much for doing this uh we'll go ahead and wrap this up (laughs) i think that i think this is going to be great we'll put this out there and uh we'll see what happens this is actually my first episode so i hope everybody enjoyed it i had a great time sitting here talking to you about this it's been great reminiscing so always a good time jason thank you for inviting me absolutely i would love to do this in a couple years and see where this business (laughs) is because i have a feeling it's going to go up definitely stop back anytime but thank you very much thank you all right guys until next time see you later all right ladies and gentlemen that's a wrap thank you guys so much for listening to the first official episode of the jason juliet podcast thank you to my guest colleen delaney mutz of colleen's cuisine for being gracious enough to host me to appear on the podcast and let me come into a restaurant to interview her right in the middle of the dining room if anybody's looking for catering in the indiana county area in pennsylvania look no further colleen's cuisine llc.com talk to her call her get in touch with her She's got everything you need. And while you're on the internet, check out jasonjuliet.org for information on how you can subscribe to the podcast, how you can support the podcast, where I'll be, when I'll be, who I'll be talking to, and what I'll be doing. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.